a Lifetime original podcast. I am here with, I thought I said tired. <laughs> I thought you said, I said, called her tired? My tired and exhausted co-host. Tired? My burnt out co-host. I don't like calling you tired because calling me, it feels like you're worn out. I think you are not well rested. That's tired, sis. Not exactly. <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to The Table is Ours, the podcast where we talk all things Black. That's Black image, Black self-love, and Black empowerment. And today, I'm here with my tried and true co-host, Kirby Dixon. Hello! Now, if Kirby were a motivational speaker, she'd give speeches about... Dun-dun-dun! It's a combination. Mm-hmm. You would do... Breaking imposter syndrome, because you are really good at height. You're an amazing height person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how to make people feel themselves, which is great. And then you're also, like, a life fixer. Like, you can't be fixing my life. Like, like what is it? What is it? What's a life fixer? What's the real word? What is little people fixing a life, life? Coach. What is it? life? A life coach. She'd be a life coach. <laughs> the way Kirby can, like, get you together is needed. I think you'd be a little life coachy. Appreciate you. Thank you, sis. I will take that descriptor this week. (laughs) And y'all know who that is. That is my ride or die co-host, Amira Lawali. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And if Amira were a motivational speaker, she would give speeches on women's empowerment. Because Amira does not play these men. Sorry. Amira don't have time for these men. She don't care about these men. She found the one man in her life who she tolerates and loves, but everybody else can get the boot. And if you are going through a breakup, you are going through a tough time as a result of a man, she ain't got time for it. And she will get you together and you will walk out of that conversation like, you know what? I am that girl. Why Mm -hmm. am I crying these tears. Mm -hmm. But I think you're really good at making people feel good about themselves, particularly women, particularly, particularly Black women, because we need to know our worth. I love that. And I, yeah, that is my brand. If you need a pep talk, let me know. But on that note, we had a few conversations this week, but like, I'm wondering, has a man, not that we hate men here, we don't hate the men. We don't. But, I mean, I've, Never mind. But <laughs> <laughs> has a man ever made you feel like you needed to change yourself in any way? They would like, never. Has a man ever made you feel? They could never. You could never. Like, I, no. No. I don't know where, I think I've, I've, I've grown up with strong women around me always. And men mm-hmm. were always additive to their experiences. They were never the focal point of their being. And because of that, and seeing that by an example, I have never felt persuaded or like felt the need to change my image, to change how I move because of a man. If someone tried to do that to me, I literally be like, next, like you're just getting out of my life. Yeah. Like there's rejected. Yeah. And I honestly wouldn't even, I don't think I would feel any type of way about it. I would just be like, "Mm, you're not for me and move away. So yeah, I'm fortunate in that way. I've never let the male gaze like affect the way I see myself. Nope. 
honestly, it's the mama's things that be hurting the most. Exactly. It's what I was going to say, it's the female gaze. The female, the female gaze, gaze has yeah. made me question things before. Absolutely. Because if women like what you're wearing, I'm like, oh, it must be nice. But it, like, I don't know what it is. I will listen to the female gaze sometimes. Amira, like, that's what gets me. Have you me. ever had a woman friend be like, oh, so you're wearing that out? Oh, so you're wearing, so you want that? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, well, what's wrong with this? Yeah. <laughs> like if a man yeah. said, it'd be like, oh, you just don't know style. If a woman said that's me every single day of my life, every day, every day. Oh my God. You know what this, you know what the perfect example of this is? I have like clear glasses and this man hates them, but I know they're good because every they're woman style. likes them. Yeah. And I'm like, you have no taste. Mm, that's it. That's the truth. You'd be like, babe, I'm, do you like this? I hate it. Great. It's perfect. Great. It's in. <laughs> it's number one. Everyone is wearing it. No. Well, I guess on the opposite side, from a positive note, who is someone around you that makes you feel confident? And not just like in a, a physical sense, like body image wise, but I guess that's what we're talking about today. But mm-hmm. who over, like, who do you look to when you need like a confidence boost? Okay. I hate talking about this man so much. <laughs> We do hate talking about this man so much, but he's so good at it. I mean, he I'm is not really say good. When I need it, he just knows. Like, I think he can. His spidey senses go off when, like, he can tell something's bugging me and it will help. Like, my love language is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So, whether it's like a physical or it, it's for me, it's like I just need someone to tell me I'm doing a really good job at work at things, and like that's it for me. Yeah. So they, they he just knows. Yeah. And that will, like, hold me over for, like, six months. Like, and I will be completely fine. I've seen it in it's action. Him. Yeah, he's great at it. My my mom said she was really proud of us Aww. during the Stacey Abrams interview. Aww. And I don't know why that just made me feel some type of way for, yeah. like, ever. Oh, I love so. that. That feels so good. <laughs> what about you? Um, I definitely have girlfriends that know how to hype me up and get me there Mm -hmm. when I need to. But I think tried and true for me is just my mom is a consistent rock always. Mm -hmm. Like I literally recently was going through old emails because my personal email is in shambles. I'm very type A when it comes to work emails, but my personal life emails do not email me on that. I will miss it. (laughs) Um, But I was trying to start going through it because I have thousands and thousands of emails that I just need to get rid of. And I found an old email recently that when I was studying abroad in Spain, I think I was struggling a lot academically because of the language barrier and their, their Mm -hmm. grading systems a little different than what you get in America. And I literally sent an email to my mom, like, Hey mom, I know like the time difference is a lot, but I'm really struggling at school. Can you please send me kind of some words of encouragement? Cause I don't think my grades are going to come through and just the notes, like the scriptures, the words of affirmation, just Moms know exactly what to say. And I think my mom will never let my crown touch the ground. Ever. Like, girl. Yeah. What ground? I love that. I love that. <laughs> like, we're living on I clouds as far as they're concerned. So I definitely have friends yeah. that hold me together. But I think my go-to is always my mom. And she always knows what's to say. So. Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends from high school, I can text them and just be like, hey, I just need a pep talk and I don't even have to say what the issue is. Yes. And I'll just get a paragraph and I'm like, mm, yeah, that's what I needed. Yes. So. Doesn't that make you feel good? Totally. So good. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of women's empowerment and kind of uh-huh. body positivity and body image and literally seeing someone move through a journey to self-love, our guest this week the beautiful, the real, mm-hmm. the authentic, the talented Miss K. Michelle pulled up a seat to the table is ours this week to talk about body image. Oh, what a conversation. And if you don't know, now you know. K. Michelle is an American singer, actress, and TV personality who is a breakout star of VH1's Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Mm-hmm. She has since then produced her own reality TV series, released multiple top-charted albums like Rebellious Soul and Anybody Want to Buy a Heart? Hey! Plus, she is a part of our lifetime family as the host and creator of the new series, My Killer Body with Kay Michelle. You better do that, Kay Michelle. We are <laughs> so honored to have had her sit down with us and share her journey to positive self-love after her terrible experience with a botched cosmetic surgery. For those who may not be aware, K. Michelle was one of the first artists to come out publicly and share her story around a negative experience with silicone injections where she nearly lost her life. It got real, y'all. She is now an advocate for women everywhere to do their research before going under the knife. And while it's a personal decision, she presses the importance of having a healthy mind and body when it comes to taking the surgery leap and helps other women heal from their surgery nightmares. She also talks about her new country album in development and how excited she is to share her love for the music with her fans. Yeehaw, y'all! Okay, Michelle, let's get into it! Hello, we are so excited to have you. Thank you. I feel like we need champagne for this conversation. Oh, God. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We like to start every podcast with some iteration of this question, and that is, what does joy look like for you this week? Oh, joy looks like peace and quiet for me. <laughs> this week, that's what joy looks like. It looks like peace and quiet for me. It looks like alone time. It, it looks like, you know, just kind of focusing on self. Mm-hmm. That's the best. I feel most recharged when I'm able to just like sit in silence alone. And I like to say I'm an extrovert, but I'm always like, am I? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too. I'm the opposite. Like, I need solitude to recenter myself. And then I'll let people in once I'm a little bit recharged. So, I love that you shared that with us. Mm -hmm. Um, So Amir and I are going to hop right into the conversation. Okay. Based on the show that you have with Lifetime, My Killer Body, we just want to kind of go right back to the beginning with you and ask you, what was your relationship like with your body as a young Black woman growing up in the South? Um, Growing up in the South, I think, you know, I don't even think like the focus a lot was on body. You know, I feel... I was kind of brought up a little bit naive in that type of arena. 
when it came mm-hmm. to like body and and came to what was beautiful and what was considered beautiful, you know, to the level of the entertainment business. So I really mm-hmm. never lived in that. You know, my parents did a great job at that. So you mean naive as in you didn't necessarily worry about kind of like the media and outside factors that were telling you what you should look like? Yes, I didn't really. That wasn't a thing for me. It wasn't a thing to say, oh, I need this or even think about that at such a young age. I love that your family was so caring and nurturing. We were were prepping for this conversation. We like got into like what are insecurities and where they came from and like when they started with our own body. I mean, it's not an insecurity. When did I start questioning the way my body looked? It was Mm -hmm. compared to the outside world. And when did that happen for you? Like when did that first question come up for Mm. you? I guess, I guess I would say probably around like entering college and wanting to like enter into the business, you know, when you leave high school and you see just a world of new people, a lot Mm -hmm. of beautiful girls, just a different thing, people from everywhere. And I think that's where the comparison starts or started to take place in that for me. You mentioned college. And I think for me, that was the moment. I didn't get, I don't think I was self-aware until college. Like I realized that I had, I could not dance when I went to college. And then I realized I had no ass when I went to college. I was like, oh, <laughs> like I did oh. not have any other like self-aware insecurities. But there's something about that moment when you're on your own and you're in uh-huh. campus with people from all over the world. And you're like, oh, this is who I am in the world. And I see myself a little different. And then that moment. So I'm wondering, do you have like a support system around you at the time when you were having those questions? I, I think I just saw that people were different. And I still, even at that point, I still don't think I was at a bad place because when I went off to college, I was Miss Freshman. I was extremely popular. I was, you know, still doing, I just got to see things a little bit different. And still, even at that time, like my freshman, sophomore year, I really kind of wasn't focused on wanting to change. I don't think that change or wanting any type of change came until I was very serious about becoming a part of the industry. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward us a little bit as you're starting to get into the music industry and you're taking your career in the music realm seriously, and you make the decision that you want to get into surgery. And I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions out there with like Black women specifically, like, oh, if you want to, you know, gain a little bit more butt or you want to lose a tummy, it's as easy as like eating right and doing a thousand squats in the gym. And that's not always the case. And a lot of times because of genetic makeups, You can't just squat your way into a butt, right? So can you take us through that journey as to when you made the decision Uh that surgery was what you wanted to do to make your body look the way that you thought you wanted it to look at the time? It was really like years later um, after, you know, graduation and everything like that. And it was like the trend of like silicone injections and, you know, people had come out with these big butts and this type of thing, these overly big butts, because I had a big butt. And even from my like line name and everything, I always had a big butt. And then the industry, they were overly big. You know, wait, Kay Michelle, what was what was your line name? It was Astastic. So I Wow. Yeah. Well, look, I it was like the Q's. <laughs> the Q's would call me Astastic. You know, they would name our line. And then my sorority actual line name was like Hellraiser. 
Ooh. So if I had to change, you know, <laughs> always doing stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about the first surgery. I recently had like medical issues, so I had surgery and I am terrified of it now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you take us back to that moment? Like, were you nervous after it? Like, did you, how did you research your doctor? What was that process like? Well, I think the first surgery I got was my breast done and it was a doctor. He really is a really great doctor in Atlanta. And that was a good surgery for me. Um, he, was great. I was like moving around the next day and I was very happy with, you know, with that surgery, with my breast augmentation. That was my first surgery. Like you're saying, you were very happy with the way that you looked. When did that mental happiness kind of change to, okay, I've either gone too far or uh, there's nothing that I can do to make myself kind of appeal to either a male gaze or the way that I thought that I should look because I'm in this industry? Um. I just think before I signed my first record deal, that's what I wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. um, I still really didn't have any issues with my surgeries. Like within that, um, I didn't feel like a sense of letdown or discouragement Mm -hmm. about them or I, I really didn't feel away. I did, you know, realize that those surgeries, you know, don't make the journey in the business easier. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I did, I did, I did see that you still had to put in the work and you still definitely still had to keep it up, you know? Right. Right. What was some of the feedback that you first received when you started manipulating your body a little bit? Like, was it an immediate satisfaction or were there questions about it? Um, when I got surgery, I mean, people would, you know, know that I had, you know, boob job because, you know, I never had boobs and people would comment that they liked them. A lot of times people would always beg me for my doctor, you know, that type of thing. So that's what would, you know, go on. And it really, you know, I think social media was, you know, not as evil and harsh as it is right now. And, yeah, you know, people didn't really tell much about surgery. So the scrutiny that a person getting in the game and they would go and change something now, that type mm-hmm. of scrutiny was not there then because we couldn't see it. You know, it, pro- it probably was there, but it wasn't as prevalent for us to see. Right. We're kind of in an age now where, It's evolving again, but originally, if someone were to change or manipulate their body in the public eye, they wouldn't want to say anything about it. It was almost like, yes, I worked hard and I got this flat stomach because Uh I have a personal trainer. But I think you were kind of at the forefront of being open and honest around the changes that you were making to your body. What made you want to come out and just be like, it is what it is and start the dialogue around public I don't want to say manipulation, but the public changing of your body, because it's not something that we didn't see very often then. And we still don't see it very often now. First, I think manipulation is the wrong word. And I think it's the wrong thing to call surgery. Manipulation is, is a very deceiving type of way to put it and deceiving word at that. Yeah, that's definitely the wrong word. I'm sorry about that. It's surgery. And I think that me coming out, and saying that surgery 
this is what has happened to me or whatever feel like that was part of who I am people have grown with me they've not only seen the negative they always will they've always seen the positive and it's only fair to take to me everybody doesn't have the same call in our platform or use it the same mm-hmm. way so I'll never tell anyone what they should do in that but for me I have been so open about everything that I was very much determined to not fake that and let someone say, oh, I'm not going through what she went through. Uh, you know, yeah. I listen to her for relationship advice. I listen to her when she get mad and go off. I listen to her everything. And the last mm-hmm. thing I wanted anybody to do was to go through what I had gone through health-wise and body-wise, yeah. you know, being in People Magazine, best bodies and everything. You see the highlight of that, but do you know when, you know, when I get home? Or do you know yeah. when these people get home, how they're just trying to cope and feel good, not just mentally, but physically. And I I remember the day that you posted and kind of went public about the hardships that you had with surgery. And it, mm-hmm. it felt so intimate. Like, it felt like, as fans of you for years, like, for you to share your pain, it felt like you were speaking out for, like, hundreds of other women who felt like they couldn't and they had to hide it. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. On that being so open with everything, like, first, we're so happy that you're feeling better. We we Thank watched the you. series, we binge Thank it, we're you. happy that you're in a better place. We should have started with that, but, like, yes. yeah, watching your journey for a while, like, we're so happy you're feeling better. And, like, honestly, thank you for being so open about this. Because no matter if someone chooses surgery or not, like, they should know everything that might come with it. And I think Absolutely. that's what you and this series have done for so many. And that's what I want people to know. Like knowing what, even if you do your research, it doesn't mean it's going to come out right for you. You just have to be prepared for the negative and positive. There's no perfect surgery. You don't know how your body will react to any of this this type of situation. So if it means enough to you, do all you can do the right thing. And most definitely don't do anything illegal, you know, because it's illegal for a reason. So this is, this show is basically about I'm not against plastic surgery. I'll do what I want, just like you or whoever else, whatever you want to do. Make sure you're doing it for a reason. Don't think you're going to do it and your life's going to be perfect and you're never going to have a tear and you're going to have a fairy tale just because you went and got your butt or you sucked your stomach in. That's not how life goes. You still got to deal with life. And is it worth it? Don't move because after the break, Kay Michelle shares her insight on how to make the best surgery decision for yourself. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
when my body does not feel right, like I can feel it in different places. Like what were your signs that your body was off? One. And two, what are the signs that other people, like we've binged your series, but as, are there anything like anything in the series that you should be like, if your body does not feel right, this is when you should go in. What are the warning signs that you've had? I think for a lot of people, they might start off as basic as a cold. People with, you know, like silicone shots and things, I've seen them, they think they have sinus infections, they become fatigued, um, a lot of headaches, things like that, mm-hmm. hives on your body, different things like that. So sometimes, you know, a lot of these symptoms could be from just, you know, different things, or you might think they might pass. So mm-hmm. it really just depends on the level and how your body is taken to the situation. With the women that we talk to on this show, um, it's not always silicone injections. It's things where they might have went in for a mommy makeover. And their mm-hmm. results and symptoms are obvious and immediate from the scarring or necrosis on their body. So for them, they're able to kind of see more immediately. Whereas when it comes to silicone injections and things like that, those are things that over time can start to affect your immune system and start to affect your health greatly. So again, you know, it's hard to say, but a lot of times people end up with those, you know, very same symptoms. In your show, you are helping these women kind of recover from really tragic surgeries. But in what way has you being involved in their kind of recovery process helped you heal specifically? Um, I would say I wasn't even expecting to become that close with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you feel good, it's like you always go into these situations and there's surgeries that I hadn't even heard of or things that I couldn't believe that would even take place. And then you go home and that does greatly affect you because you've sat in someone's face and seen the tears in their eyes and you sat with them and you know what that's like for three years to just want to be healthy and get over this. And you know, you blame yourself and you know, you feel like you didn't even have to do this to your body. And now your whole family is suffering and you just want it to end, you know? Yeah. So that's the, the feeling. Like I would go to that hotel after meeting with them and, you know, be away from home and just, Think about their stories and be like, what possibly could be done, you know, and they just want to talk and they just want somebody to understand. So I am still cool with these women right now. I just spoke to one of the women now who had to go back into surgery three days ago. And Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to call her tonight or tomorrow to just see how she's healing up. But, you know, I still talk to these people. They are human to me. And if anybody can relate, I'm the person that can relate because I've had 13 times to relate. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about you is just your authenticity. And it's clear even in chatting with you now that you really do care about these people. Like this is a television show that will hopefully change people's lives. But for you, it is more than that. And that's always what we love to see. Like we work in the business of television, but what we're doing is meant to touch lives in a way that you can't even imagine at times. Um, In watching the first episode of your show, I noticed it was called Suffering in Silence. I kind of just want to get your perspective on how do you feel the industry is doing now, specifically with Black female body perception? And are we creating a culture or evolving a culture in which a lot more women hopefully will not have to suffer in silence and feel shame for having cosmetic surgeries of this nature? That's what we should all be doing with our platform, if possible, because 
I feel like if I had to saw somebody went through what I went through and was talking, I probably would have been like, wait a minute. Right. But it wasn't anybody saying anything about it. Like, like mm-hmm. at that time, I my DM is flooded with people who are ashamed. I talk to celebrities as well. I talked to several celebrities, like several big celebrities who are going through this. And we have our conversations and we talk, you know, and I know what they're going through. Whereas millions and millions of people are like, oh, my God. And I would never tell their story. That's for them to tell. But to be able to be that person that people can come to and say, girl, I really need to talk to you. Just, like, you know, just, just talk 100. It took on a whole nother life and another, you know, face of, another, of a lot of different women that I didn't even know it would. So I am happy that people are not being embarrassed. People want to know. People are telling their stories. They're not letting doctors get away. We're just treating them like a piece of meat, or butchering them, I'm doing things to them. Everything that's going on in culture is a whole lot more vocal, um, not just surgery, but surgery is something that people are saying, you know what, let me talk about this because I want some support and I want to know, you know, is this normal? Like, I get pictures all day. Is this supposed to happen to me? Yes. You know, like, what is this? And I'm like, well, girl, I ain't no doctor. I don't know what that <laughs> is now. I don't know, friend. I Just don't know send all your questions is. to Dr. K. <laughs> I know it's not right. I know that you need to see a doctor. I think you need help, but. I know that it's not how this should go. You know, I can say that. So, they, I, 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 I like that. Like, I like that people can relate to me through other things other than male bashing or throwing drinks or something. You know, there's a lot of voices in my head and a lot of people I am. (laughs) And um, that's just, you know, getting to show a different side. And then you like connect with people that you might not ever thought you'd see from different walks of life. We are so different. Like the people that I meet, sometimes they just like me. And I'm like, oh my God, look at me. (laughs) And then other times it's like, I would have never met you. <laughs> Ever. You know, if this hadn't happened and now we talk and we have something in common. There is a thread, you know, and I think the common thread in every single person on the show is they just wanted some type of love. Yeah. Like, they just wanted love regardless of how they thought they could get it. Like we all wanted to be loved. And that's what that was. And I think that's why you should feel like this is all a success because you are able to relate to thousands of women in different walks of life and they can see themselves in you, one. And two, they feel heard because you were bold enough and brave enough to show representation and speak your story. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Like everyone is like, I feel okay to say something's wrong with me because she shared it. Exactly. That's a win. And kind of in that same vein... We've talked a lot about these surgeries, about, you know, critiquing our bodies and society critiquing our bodies. But on the positive side, mm-hmm. what does body positivity and self-love look like for Kay Michelle now? I feel like doing what I want to do, being healthy in me, um, like how I, I feel like self-love is just the word, like self, like it, Whatever yourself want to do, do yourself. And yes. Understand, yes. <laughs> and, yes. And understand that, girl, 
don't know. Now, you know this can go bad. <laughs> you know this can go bad. Even with mental hell, not just physical. It's the decisions that you make for yourself. And that's mm-hmm. what I think it's about, regardless of opinion or regardless of what people think. It is being content in who you are or what you want to do. And I think that's a big part of self-love and self, because a lot of it's not about self if you're basing it off of everybody else. It's about that type of love. But that main word is you. Totally. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you kind of felt a guilt for putting your family through the journey with you. Mm-hmm. Where are you on that journey of healing, forgiving yourself for that? Because that, that's heavy. Like, I, hurting people I love is like, I can carry it for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that was something that um, was most difficult more than anything. Like to know that your mothers are praying tonight, uh, to know, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. people are like, why? And you don't want to hurt them. It's so much they could be worried about and focus on, you know? So, that was that's what I see in a lot of the women. They always talk about, you know, their families. And like even, you know, Q, like from the show, she was going through it and no one knew, not even her best friend. Oh no. And she didn't want to hurt them and she didn't want to hurt her kids. And she had to tell them before going into surgery. So, you know, to relive that with her and to be like, oh God, like maybe I should have waited. You know, and so right until the end, that would have saved them some months of heartache, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is something that you have to deal in. I can't even imagine. It's kind of like what you said, Amira. Like when I when I know that a decision that I made is potentially hurting somebody else in my family or it, it's, a, and it's something that they can't control, right? I had to do this for myself. That's when it kind of feels like it cuts the deepest. And I feel like that's when you have to go through therapy and try and come to terms with yourself and make sure you're taking care of your mental health. And once you get past that, you can move on. So I appreciate you sharing that. Especially because it's just like what you said earlier. It's like you tried to make this fix because you wanted love. Like you, it's for you. You did it for you. You didn't expect it to hurt other people. Yeah. So it's, Uh yeah. And you deserve to do what you want to your body. Like Uh it's just, I wouldn't have imagined it affecting other people around you. So yeah. We'll have to bring you back because there's just, this is not enough time for us so to talk many about more questions. Um, but we do want to give you an opportunity to brag and love on yourself. So we want to ask you, what's next for you? And girl, the people want to know, when is the country album coming? <laughs> the amount of, we were looking at interviews. I'm like, the amount of people asking you to yodel, girl, we just want to hear it. <laughs> All day. I, oh, it's crazy. Every day. I've been waiting for this country album. I'll just say that. I won't put the pressure on, but <laughs> I'm very excited. Amira and I are like, we can, we're not going to ask her to yoga. We're not going to be those But we want to know <laughs> when the country album is coming. <laughs> um, I'm doing my last R&B album now. My single is called Scooch. It is definitely two-step. Getting you ready for the warm weather. It is definitely old school Chicago two-step. Yay. And um, I wanted something to just feel good, man. I didn't. The album is so emotional. Um, it's called "I'm the Problem." It's very emotional. And before, oh, going, I am ready. <laughs> yeah, that's all you had to tell me. That's all yeah. you had to tell me. I am the problem. Yeah, yeah before going <laughs> there and just really going there for the last time, I really wanted um, 
to have some fun. So we put out Scooch. Um, the video's coming out probably about a week or two. And um, my country album, uh, my single should be out probably in June, end of June. Yes. And um, I've been in Nashville working on that with some really great, amazing country artists. And um, the love here has been really amazing. It's been it's been healing being okay. back in Tennessee where I'm from, but just a different feel, a different vibe. Everything is so different here mentally, like, you know, for me. And Nashville was needed, you know, for my healing and self. So the country album is is really amazing. And the support from the African-American community, you know, calling me a little yeehaw. It's very funny. On <laughs> the yeehaw agenda <laughs> is real. It is. <laughs> Yes, like I see the comments, like this is gonna be the first country album I have about, you know. <laughs> so it's so much love, y'all. And I thank y'all for that love. I hope that y'all keep on killing y'all podcast. You you women are very smart and you know, very smart in, in what you're doing. And um I thank y'all for having me and doing your thing. No, we appreciate you. Yeah. I just want to say you to me are the perfect example of how you cannot put black women in a box. We are literally meant to do it all. Mm-hmm. I can do a country album. I can do an R&B album. I can do a rump shaker. I can be a lawyer. Oh, yes. I can go to school. I yeah. can be Everything. a yodeler. I can be a podcaster. I can be a television executive. Like when mm-hmm. you walk into this room and when we talk to people like you walking into this room, it literally energizes us to keep doing this. So thank you. Like if nobody else tells you today, thank you because you're setting examples for us. Yeah. And honestly, it's you and women like you that that's how we got this podcast. Like it's away from our day jobs and we had to learn to be, allow ourselves to be multifaceted the way that you have. So it's seeing these images that that's how we ended up here and got this company to invest in black voices that we love that should be celebrated. That's very important. Very, very important. And that is good that you guys get to speak for culture and about it and on it and the issues. And you're absolutely right. Like there's really, especially now, it's it's fair. And Black women are, are brilliant. They are creators, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll tell oh, this has never been done. Oh, yeah, you could count on black women to do it. It's gonna get done. You know, it's gonna get done. So be surprised um, when I see my cowgirl boots in June. Okay, I'll be wearing it with my swimsuit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I will come back and talk to y'all uh, for the country. Please do. Anytime. We will promote anything that you are doing. No, I'll come no back and talk yet. to y'all. That's my word. I'll come back and talk to y'all. So do y'all know the country singer Brittany Spencer? She's a yes. friend of mine. Oh, I have heard Brittany yes. Spencer's name. Yes. yes. <laughs> so y'all should talk to her. She's doing great in country here. She's a sweetheart. Yes. Um, Really amazing. Wait, what? Yeah, maybe we bring you back, both you guys back, to have a whole yeah. country episode. And the title is just the Black Yeehaw Agenda. Like, Go for it. Time for <laughs> it. <laughs> Done. Go for it because we are in Nashville. It's a circle of us. Like, it's probably, I would oh, I say, about 10 of us, 10 to 12 of us, men and, and women who are down here fighting in Nashville and making strides and they have their you know i haven't even done any country interviews or put out 
a single and they have been like moving, you know, Mickey's been doing this for like 10 Mm -hmm. years and she's amazing and amazing person. And everybody is so loving. It's so different y'all from like the R and B culture and things here. Everybody actually works together. Yes. I love that for you. That's how Nashville is not that type thing. You don't feel like you got to fight all day or, uh, uh, dealing that everybody's oh we'll work with this person oh we'll try this you know try that oh yeah she's dope it's this I've never had that in my entire career you know I've oh never had that type of positive experience in music like my whole career period so you deserve I love that we're so glad you're in this community of like collaboration and love like that's a different yeah. type of and I can't even imagine what this album's gonna sound like because exactly because it's made yeah. of like a safer loving <laughs> loving place like good things come out of that yeah so I'm excited okay we do have one question because we like to end the podcast we got carried away because we love you so much <laughs> we like to end each podcast episode in a similar way and that is with some iteration of this question and our question for you is my black is indestructible because My black is indestructible because it will not stop. It does not stop. It will not give up. It will always fight and it will always win at the end. Oh, that's it. That's it. Can I cut that and then play that in front of all my meetings? That is everyone's (laughs) mood board right now. That is. Can I let them know? That's it. I'm cutting that out and putting it on my mirror. Um, It's going to be like my before enter room. Did you hear that? Uh-huh. Okay, well, come yep. back. You gave us your word, so. <laughs> I'll be back. I will be yeah. back. I promise. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> we had so much fun. Thank you so much. Congrats on y'all podcast. Y'all keep on doing your thing. The Table is Ours is produced by us, Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali. This episode was also produced by Aisha Jordan and edited by Bill Moss. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn. And our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.